Chapter Nineteen of Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Ruth Fielding at Briarwood Hall, or Solving the Campus Mystery, by Alice B. Emerson. Chapter Nineteen, The Triumvirate. Mercy Curtis came in a week for Helen of course was only too delighted to fall in with mrs. Tellingham's suggestion Duet number two West dormitory was amply large enough for three and Ruth gave up her bed to the cripple and slept on the couch Helen herself could not do too much for the comfort of the newcomer Dr. Davidson and dr. Cranfew came with her but really the lame girl bore the journey remarkably well and how different she looked from the thin peaked girl that ruth and helen remembered oh you didn't expect to see so much flesh on my bones did you said mercy noting their surprise and being just as sharp and choppy in her observations as ever but i'm getting wickedly and scandalously fat and i don't often have to repeat aunt alviry's song of oh my back and oh my bones Mercy went to bed on her arrival, but the next day she got about the room very nicely with the aid of two canes The handsome ebony crutches she saved for Sunday best Ruth arranged a meeting of the sweetbriars to welcome the cripple and Mercy seemed really to enjoy having so many girls of her own age about her Helen did not bring in many members of the Upedes. indeed just then they all seemed to keep away from duet too and none of them spoke to Ruth that is none save jenny stone the fat girl was altogether too good-natured and really too kind at heart to treat ruth fielding as jenny's roommates did they say you went and told piccolet we were going to have the party in your room heavy said to ruth frankly and that's how you got out of it so easily but i tell them that's all nonsense you know if you wanted to make us trouble you would have let helen have the party in our room as she wanted to and so you could have stayed home and not been in it at all as she wanted to repeated ruth slowly did helen first plan to have the supper in your quartet of course she did it was strictly a uphead affair or would have been if you hadn't been in it but you're a good little thing ruth fielding and i tell them you never in this world told piccolet i did not indeed jenny said ruth sadly well you couldn't make the fox believe that she's sure about it you see the stout girl said when mary cox wants to be mean she can be now i tell you indeed heavy was not like the other three girls in the next room mary bell and luella never looked at ruth if they could help it and never spoke to her ruth was not so much hurt over losing such girls for friends for she could not honestly say she had liked them at the start but that they should so misjudge and injure her was another matter She said nothing to Helen about all this and Helen was as firmly convinced that Mary Cox and the other apiece were jolly girls as ever Indeed they were jolly enough Most of their larks were innocent fun too But it was a fact that most of those girls who received extra tasks during the first few weeks of the half belonged to the up-and-doing club that Helen escaped punishment was more by good fortune than anything else in the study however She and Ruth and Mercy had many merry times 
Mercy kept both the girls up to their school tasks for all lessons seemed to come easy to the lame girl And she helped her two friends not a little in the preparation of their own The triumvirate the other girls in the dormitory building called the three girls from Cheslow before Thanksgiving Ruth Helen and Mercy began to stand high in their several classes and Ruth was booked for the glee club too she sang every Sunday in the chorus while Helen played second violin in the orchestra having taken some lessons on that instrument before coming to Briarwood Dr. Cranfew came often at first to visit Mercy, but he declared at last that he only came socially There was no need of medical attendance The cripple could not go to recitations without her crutches But sometimes in the room she walked with only Ruth's strong arm for support she was getting rosy too and began to take exercise in the gymnasium I'll develop my biceps if my back is crooked and my legs queer she declared Then when any of those miss Nancy seniors make fun of me behind my back I can punch them for there were times when Mercy's old cross-grained moods came upon her and she was not so easily born with Perhaps this fact was one of the things that drove the wedge deeper between Ruth and Helen Ruth would never neglect the crippled girl. She seldom left her in the room alone Mercy had early joined the Sweetbriars and Ruth and she went to the frequent meetings of that society together While Helen retained her membership of the up-and-doing club and spent a deal of her time in the quartet room next door Few of the girls went home for Thanksgiving and as Mercy was not to return to Cheslow then the journey being considered too arduous for her Ruth decided not to go either there was quite a feast made by the school on Thanksgiving and frost having set in a week before Skating on Triton Lake was in prospect There was a small pond attached to the Briarwood property and Ruth tried Helen's skates there She had been on the ice before but not much However, she found that the art came easily to her as easily as tennis in which by this time she was very proficient for the day following Thanksgiving there was a trip to Triton Lake planned for that great sheet of water was ice-bound too and a small steamer had been caught way out in the middle of the lake and was frozen in The project to drive to the lake and skate out to the steamer the ice was thick enough to hold up a team of horses and plenty of provisions had been carried out to the crew and To have a hot lunch on the boat originated in the fertile brain of Mary Cox but as it was not a picnic patronized only by the Apedes, Mrs. Tellingham made no objection to it. Besides, it was vacation week, and the preceptress was much more lenient. Of course, Helen was going, but Ruth had her doubts. Mercy could not go, and the girl of the Red Mill hated to leave her poor little crippled friend alone. But Mercy was as sharp of perception as she was of tongue. When Helen blurted out the story of the skating frolic, Ruth said she would see about going she said she wasn't sure that she would care to go I'm such a new skater, you know she laughed Maybe I'd break down skating out to the steamboat and wouldn't get there and while all you folks were eating that nice hot lunch I'd be freezing to death poor little me way out there on the ice But mercy with her head on one side and her sharp blue eyes looking from Helen to Ruth shot out now don't you think you're smart ruth fielding why i can see right through you just as though you were a rag of torn mosquito netting you won't go because i'll be left alone no said ruth but flushing yes 
shot back Mercy, and I don't have to turn red about it either. Oh, Ruthie, Ruthie, you can't even tell a white one without blushing about it. I don't know. I do know, declared Mercy. You're going. I've got plenty to do. You girls can go on and freeze your noses and your toeses, if you like. Me for the steam-heated room and a box of bonbons. But I hope the girls who go will be nicer to you than some of those upedes have been lately, Ruthie. Helen blushed now, but Ruth hastened to say, Oh, don't you fuss about me, Mercy. Some of the sweetbriars mean to go. This isn't confined to one club in particular. Madge Steele is going too, and Miss Polk, and Miss Reynolds. Mrs. Tellingham's first assistant is going with the party. I heard all about it at supper. Poor Heavy was full of it, but she says she can't go, because she never could skate so far, and then the ice might break under her. Whisper, added Helen, her eyes dancing. I'll tell you something else, and this I know you don't know. What is it? Maybe Tom will be there. Good old Tom, just think, I haven't seen him since we left home. Won't it just be scrumptious to see old Tom again? And Ruth Fielding really thought it would be. End of chapter 19